Urine. There you go. What's swinging, Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. Once again, we're bringing you another incredible episode. With me today, I have the Mach 1 Barbell guys. Mach 1 Barbell is out of New Jersey. They train out of Critical Mass. You may have heard me talking about Critical Mass before. Uh, it's the local gym here at the Jersey Shore area where all the good trainers are, where all the good equipment is at, and of course, tons of steel mace there. It's where I picked up my first steel mace. These guys train there. They do Olympic and powerlifting. Uh, RJ, to my to the left here, Matt, and Jason. What's up, guys? Thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks so on, much for having us. All right, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. So, uh, yeah, you guys are definitely onto something with uh, – we were talking before we started rolling here. You have, like, a whole idea of how you want to go with your powerlifting and your Olympic lifting. You guys are entering into competitions and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I know you use a steel mace, but I want to hear about also, the you know, your, tr- your training with Olympic lifts and everything. So, um, you know, Matt, what, when I first talked to you, we, uh, we were talking about the steel mace. So we could get into that in a couple seconds, but first tell everybody, you know, how, how you got this crew together. So me and Jason actually were taking our certification to the next level. And we were trying to apply it, and we decided to coach one another, and we went through the process, and our goal was to get to the American Open in Daytona last year. And through that, we worked with each other we developed a programming we just tried to apply our knowledge and we just had an awesome experience doing that with each other when we got down to daytona we both were able to qualify and go to the event we just kind of took in the whole environment we went for fun but also to compete and we were just looking around and seeing what we could provide to create a better environment it was very cut and dry there and we were like there's something missing and we were just trying to play around with it and we we're looking at different options and we we're realizing as sports performance coaches that there were there was wasn't as much empathy involved with it and that was kind of the big thing is we want to create a better training environment train the athlete as an athlete rather than just a number on the platform and then when we got back into New Jersey, we hopped on with our buddy RJ. We talked to him. We we're like, we have something in mind. We want to kind of get the ball rolling on this. We went out, grabbed a drink, talked business for a little bit. He saw something special. We got together. We just established our foundation. And we're like, all right, now we got this. We combined our athletes. And we were like, all right, it's time to pull the trigger. And Let's we just, it. yeah. So from there, we just kind of came up with the name, Mach 1. It clicked. And we were like, Mach 1, they're like, love it, let's go. So yeah. now we're Mach 1 Barbell. We have 12 competitive athletes on our team. We have an introduction group now to get people more involved with some skill development, just general fitness, have some fun, you know. And if that takes them to the next level and they want to go to our competition team, I mean, that's the next step. Nice, awesome. And RJ, I remember, well, you were the like one of the first trainers I met outside of Ken over yeah. at at Critical Mass, and I always uh, remember talking to you about, you know, little stuff here and there training-wise, and um, I always saw you training people, do, you know, t- teaching proper form, uh, and you're, you're, you know, what I noticed about you was, like, how patient and precise you were with, you know, get, working them up slowly. Um, is this kind of, like, how, how you guys all kind of fell in with each other because you had that prior yeah so we all have similar internship experience at a facility called ripped Uh, myself and pat we interned together and then jason was the following year so Uh, it was already like an immediate fit we knew each other and then we all came together and it was like that light bulb moment like we got to do this there's no doubt about it so pat touched on kind of our first e which is empathy our second e is kind of education so it's like you said being a little more patient educating why you're doing this what we're building up to and kind of what the plan entails and I would take it too, depending on uh, the feedback you're getting from the athlete, that the plan sometimes changes, right? Oh, for sure. And then the empathy has to come back where it's like you, you got this person on a, on, a, on a path, but now you have to kind of change it depending on whether they're not meeting certain criteria or whatever, right? Absolutely. 
that's got to be tough. Yeah, any any training session can change into plan B, right? Every every new time, like we program three four days, but each time they come back, there's got to be a plan B because plan A might not be working that day. Yeah, bunch of you know things involved: recovery, sleep, hydration, but pandemic yeah pandemic you know we went through we went through it all this spring so (laughs) yeah you know anything's possible so you got to be on your toes yeah and and what's the 30 so the 30 is excellence so that's the standard that we're holding all of our athletes all of our clients to so whether or not your goal is to take your skills to the highest level or whether it's just to feel good get in shape we want you getting the most out of each session. We're big and something that uh, we learned, I think from Ripped, but that we've all adopted is the mentality of training, not just working out, right? Anybody can do a workout, any trainer can take you through a workout, but what are you doing to train? What are you doing to better yourself week after week, um, day after day? And that's the mentality that we're taking our athletes through um, and our clients through. That's nice. And you know, what's just popping in my mind here and listening to you guys talk, you know, when when uh, you guys are studying other under other uh, systems like ripped and all that, and then you're like, okay, we want to do our own thing. It's interesting to see this because everybody's looking for how I can make this better, which you you just talked about, and it's that mindfulness that you're pushing the envelope. You're bringing it up to another level because you you're not, you don't want to just put the same thing out that somebody else did, right? So it's it's kind of like the Bruce Lee thing. You take a little bit of the best of everything, right? Yeah. But the thought process about <clears throat> how to connect everything with the mind, that's where it really opens up because everybody's different. How, you know, what, what do you notice about your athletes? You said you have 12 of them. Um, what do you notice about your athletes that is the same but also – very wildly different that makes it a challenge for you so i would say the biggest thing that they have in common especially now training with each other is we kind of created a mock one culture so everyone kind of has a similar mindset uh they show up to practice they know their expectations and they practice and they give that 100 percent that excellence we expect from them and they show up just wanting to get better each week whether Someone, for example, is trying to go to the American Open or someone's trying to lose weight and this was their avenue to get there. They have totally different main goals, but they share the same goal of getting better at Olympic lifting. So I would say that um, across the board, we can address the weightlifting and make sure that everyone's taking each week to get better and better and better. And that's what we do on our Sunday practice is we progress the group as one unit and on the individual basis we give them specific personalized programs broken down all the way to the ability can you wiggle your big toe controlled you know and we're looking at that to the full movement patterns to see all right well if your big toe isn't working and you're missing your catching because you're off balance let's look at your arch control your ankle stability and we just work our way up the chain so we're developing personalized programs phys- for physiological reasons and then also tying in the reps and sets and rest periods to address any additional goals that they may have, such as um, someone looking to lose weight or put on strength or work on mobility. Or we have a few hybrid athletes that came from a powerlifting background, so we want to make sure that they still have that experience and work towards their strengths there as well. So. Um, that would be like the big thing is we try and get everyone as much individual attention throughout the week. And then on Sundays, you're a Mach 1 athlete. Nice. Yeah. And when you have that buy-in from like that you're talking about, they're yeah. buying in to being better. And that's, that's a very freeing thing for your athletes because if, they have, if they're having a rough patch with their training and you need to deload or regress a little bit, they're not going to feel frustrated from it and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm screwing things up. They're gonna say, well, this is gonna make me better. Yeah, absolutely. So it's no matter where they're going, wherever the weight is going, they're still always progressing. And that's momentum. And I mean, that's, that's the best thing to that's have. Found, yeah, yeah that's, that's really awesome. I mean, that's the kind of training that a athlete wants and should have, even if they don't know it, mm-hmm. right? That trust is huge, like, and that's something we established or tr- and continue to try to establish, like, 
since we started is that culture, that trust from athlete to coach um, and vice versa. You know, like if there's something's going on with them, they're not afraid to tell us. Um, and even if they're feeling good, they're going to tell us like we always ask end the session, like how's everyone feeling? And we want good answers at the end. Yeah. 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 So now what's um, uh, you mentioned you, you have a power lifter. That's now what you have. So what what is it? Um, what's what changes for a power lifter? as far as the training goes when they when they come to you guys so powerlifting and olympic lifting are similar in the sense that they're like barbell oriented strength sports but the lift that you're doing is different so the athletes that we've had that have transferred from powerlifting uh into olympic lifting you know there's pros and cons um the pros is that you know depending on how long they've been powerlifting for they've already established such a huge threshold of strength so they have so much in the reserve and as awesome as that is that's probably their biggest downfall too is that because they have so much in the reserve but they don't have the technique down for the olympic lifting again depending on how new they are how exposed they've been in the past um that high threshold of strength you know then going back down and working with like 10 percent of what they're normally used to working yeah. with uh it's it's just different. It's hard to explain like exactly that experience, but it is different. It was something that I've been through. I started with powerlifting and then shifted into Olympic lifting. And that's for me, not like starting out without having a coach um, until I met these guys. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah, so I, I was going through it on my own, which was probably my biggest mistake. Yeah. Um, because I was like, okay, I could deadlift 600 pounds, so I should be able to clean 300 <laughs> so i'm pushing my weights as like hard as i can but my form isn't there and now this is just creating a ripple effect of like negative things to happen so what we do pat briefly mentioned it mentioned it but we assess all our athletes from the ground up we'll assess how they're able to do like fine motor skills like move their toes to being able to do a vertical jump without like having like valgus knee collapse or anything like that right so we're gonna assess you, we're gonna create a program that's conducive for optimizing those movement patterns so that you can execute the Olympic lifts safely. And as you learn to the lifts and get better at them, that's when that benefit of having that strength threshold previously comes into play. Because now once, the, once that form clicks, now you have this reserve of strength and now you can unleash that potential, um, whereas just comparing it to someone who's going into Olympic lifting fresh, they're developing strength and the skill, you know, which, you know, there's a pro to that also, but you know, it's, it's fun to, I guess, have that strength reserve before going into it. Oh yeah. 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 I could see that. Definitely. So yeah, no, now, uh, RJ, I remember seeing you working with steel clubs and, and Pat, when we, um, first talked, we, we talked about steel mace and how, how that, uh, plays into uh, training with Olympic lifts and everything. And I remember you saying um, how it could help with leaks in your form. Mm. And, um, and I know, Jason, you've, you've been um, really getting into steel mace too. So yep. what, can you, what can you tell us about how, this, how the steel mace crosses over and, and how, they, yeah. how this all plays together? Yeah, so you know, we were both fortunate to be hanging out with Ken you yeah. know, more often than not. And Ken's a great coach to have. And you know, kind of like what Jason said, coaches should have some coaches, you know, to take charge of that. So I'm thankful for Ken to teach me what's going on with that. But um, yeah, the mace is a totally different tool than the barbell. Barbell's totally even throughout where the mace is kind of unilaterally loaded on one side. Um, but, you know, lightening up the weight, you know, can have you work on the tension, work on the poles, things like that. And, you know, just like our intro group, as well as our athletes, we're working on these phases throughout the lift. So the mace can provide another element for us to challenge them. Yeah. Yeah, the the tension in the bar, um, I mean, it's when you do a deadlift, you're supposed to break the bar, right? Yeah. And I, I almost feel like if Steel Mace was around back when I first started working out back in the early 90s, um, and I started off with the Steel Mace and all those principles, my form would have always been better. Because, I mean, I was, I was taught, like, yeah, you know, bend the bar. Yeah. But did I really do it the way you're supposed, supposed to do it? <laughs> And I wonder now, like I can't really remember, but I, I would say no. 
And I feel like if the steel mace was the first thing that I ever did, like 19 years old, all right, here's a mace, learn how to do all this stuff, and maybe in like six months we'll put a barbell in your hands. Absolutely. It would have been a, it would have been a game changer. But we'll never know. I mean, it's all just in your imagination right now. But I feel like that 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 makes sense. And and Pat, talk about what what you said about fixing leaks in your form. So we refer to energy leaks as a lack of efficiency in the hull of the lift. So anytime that you're not getting the hips into full extension or the knees and ankles working in triple extension together, uh, proper timing on your shrug, anything that's really gonna throw off your power output, we call an energy leak. So um, by using the mace, we realize that there's good benefits for mobility and also stability and timing and just overall body awareness. So by doing that, um, we use it either as a primer before we get into our lifts or as accessory stuff throughout the lift. You tend to just build up some central nervous system stimulation, you're getting that body awareness and you're just working on like joint stability and making sure that as you translate that into the lift, the body's working on all cylinders and that's gonna make you produce more force, it's going to get you to lift more weight, it's going to allow you to make the main lifts feel more efficient, and that's going to translate to more confidence on the platform. And that would be the biggest tie-in for us with the Steel Mace, is just taking the body awareness, the mobility, and the stability, and relating it to our sport. Right, nice. Do you find that when you guys, personally, when you're using Steel Mace, do you just find it's like a nice reprieve from your normal everyday training like it it's almost just like a fun break in a way yeah and and how, what does that do for you mentally i mean mentally just to get out of that competition mode right and just you know we talk about training the athlete like letting the athletes just have some fun right, right. get them out of that zone where it's not numbers and you know i got to hit this lift at this percentage it's right. like hey let's just you know be a normal human being let's have some fun like make training fun you know, so having the mace, swinging it around, doing some 360s, 10 to 2s, like, you know, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, everybody gets kind of wild with it, right? Especially when yeah. you first start using it. Yeah. They're, they're like, man, what am I doing? Yeah. Right? Now, um, are you teaching your athletes the 360? So we've taught, like, basic fundamentals to the athletes because it's really an extension of our training program when we right. use it to, like, accentuate certain aspects of it. So, um, you know, Ken did an in-service for us yeah. uh, a few months ago, and he taught us and he taught our athletes, like, you know, the basics of, you know, attempt to swing. He taught us the basics of, like, how to move the mace with, like, a certain lunge pattern or pointing and, like, kind of pulling yeah. on the mace and keeping that tension. Um, so we'll apply those principles, and we're not necessarily because we are an Olympic weightlifting team, we're not looking to build the mess, like the best mace wielders per se, right. but the benefit of having like something that will, a, a, a principle of weightlifting that we'll refer to is that the athlete should move around the barbell as opposed to moving the barbell around the person. And I think the mace has that kind of same genre of movement you know like the mace is like an extension of you right. and you're moving your body with it um i think it, when we apply that with weightlifting how you know the bar really should just go up down then that's it right but if you're doing funky stuff and moving the barbell out of path that's when you're going to mess up um but when we're teaching our athletes how to move around the bar and just get that bar up produce a lot of power and force and stabilize and catch you know it's a combination of a lot of strength, a lot of power, and a lot of gracefulness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. yeah and, uh, I've been watching a lot of slow motion video, which thank God for slow motion video, <laughs> because you're you're catching stuff that's happening in like milliseconds, and and there's nothing better than watching like somebody do like a uh, like a clean, and and what you're talking about the bar kind of just runs out of momentum, and then they get their body underneath, and yeah. that is graceful looking. I That's mean, here's the weight, and they're just getting underneath it. But it's also, a fraction of a second. Yeah, yeah. right. And now, um, my question about that particular exercise and that movement is: now you got to get your your body underneath it. Maybe you're going for your PR. Um, what are the challenges there on that on that movement? Are you really like you have to be 100 percent full on because once you get under it. 
you don't want to obviously drop it, mm. right? So what are the challenges when you're bringing an athlete up so on that move? I think, you know, we'll probably all have our own answer to this, but like, there's a lot of things that, you know, can happen. If you're going for a PR attempt, A, you know, on the positive side, we want to make that lift, right? right. On the negative side, you miss it. The things that I think make a difference between like going for a max squat and a max clean or even a max uh, snatch is because those lifts aren't done at your highest strength potential, it's done at your highest power potential, is you could repeat that attempt, except for on like a competition platform. But if you're just training in the gym, you can probably take 10 attempts at a clean and have just as much efficiency with each attempt. Um, That's kind of like a unique thing about the Olympic lifts, Um, if you're that close to making the lift, of course. Um, But we always, we, we very rarely go for a max attempt lift in training because we want to preserve the integrity of the central nervous system. If you're maxing out week after week, you're just draining yourself and taxing yourself, and there's going to be a point of diminishing returns. Right. Um, so that's what we'll tell our athletes is, you know, don't worry about maxing out each each week. Like your time, like we want you to max out when it counts, when it's on the platform, when it comes comes time to okay, you need to hit this lift because if you hit it, you're going to qualify for a national meet. And that actually happened at our last competition we brought our athletes to is we had one of our athletes go on the platform. Like this was like a 15 pound clean and jerk PR. And like we told her, we were like, listen, like go out there, have fun. We were surprised that she made the lift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we were fired up. Yeah. It it was, it was crazy. (laughs) I like when it happened, I was like, wait, she really just hit that. It was crazy. And, um, but that kind of stuff can happen. And, but, that's where the benefit comes from. Like if she, if we taxed her too much leading up to that event, who knows if she ever would have gotten that, you know, she referred to it at the last practice as a fluke, but it's like, it's not a fluke. It's just, she was on that day. Yeah. And your, your coaching was on because, because you're studying your athletes saying, okay, enough. Like we're going to go into this fresh and you, you knew your athlete. This is this is this is huge. This is why you know coaching, even even on a regular level, like if you're just yeah. looking for general in fitness shape, um, how many people are going into the gym and just beating the crap out of themselves, like oh you know I'm just gonna do more reps and more sets, and they think that's actually doing something, um, you know maybe you know they're just doing like a bodybuilding workout, so they're just over over volume over volume. But yeah. I mean with what you guys do, it, it could be too much volume it could be too much weight it could be uh so many other factors right because everything is just at a competition level yeah. you're always just kind of close to the to the to the edge there that's something that we always say is like you don't need to redline throughout the entire training cycle you want to have that ebb and flow you want to create that stimulus but you also want to make sure that you're fresh for your next training cycle so think of it kind of like building blocks the more building blocks you can stack the more foundation you'll have like a solid foundation ready for when you need to max out and um, referring back to like what Jason was saying is even though it's not like a strength max it's still an event max right so it's a lot happening all at once how you were saying you're actually pulling yourself under the bar in a fraction of a second there's a lot going on because you have to drive all that weight up to go back down and then stand back up like you know it's just a lot of moving parts and that takes its toll on like the nervous system it's a lot of shock and the more exposure you have to that at like a sub-maximal level the more tolerance you'll build up and then eventually even without trying to touch max numbers you're going to surpass those numbers and that's where you're going to see in like competition like a all right well she needs 15 more pounds let's see what happens you know and yeah yeah Yeah. and that's where we we're like all right let's put all pieces together and hope that foundation's ready and we hope for the best and that's where our motto comes into play is it's send it right short sweet to the point and that just is a way for us to take all of their thoughts all of their training all their practice and condense it into two words so whatever they have on their mind process it accept it send it and Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. I that's something that you see professional athletes always doing. Um like championship games and stuff like that. You'll 
they're staring up in the stadium, just staring at something. They're just clearing their minds. And if they're doing it, it must work. And that's yeah. awesome that you guys do that. I mean, you're thinking of everything here. Yeah. We tried just from our own experiences yeah. on the platform and training, like, for ourselves, and then being in the field and coaching others. And it's really trial and error. And it's yeah. what we started off the podcast with is we take what we like from our experiences. The benefit of having three coaches is we have three times the experience, you know? So what RJ likes, we can take from that. What I like, we can take from that. What Jason likes, we can take from that and we can create our own system and honestly i think that's really what sets mach 1 barbell apart yeah yeah so now when you're um do you guys sometimes all huddle up on 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 discussion of a particular athlete and you guys kind of all the time yeah that's so like pretty, what we pretty do. much every time has that what's that process because i mean there's first i mean obviously you guys have a good relationship you understand each other you respect each other which is important but you could, see, you know, you could see where that could also be a, a thing, a problem too for certain people. What's your process on allowing room for each other's opinions and things like that? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. So every every athlete that we work with, all of us will hop on a Zoom if we're not in person, or if we're in person, we're all together programming. So it leaves you know, kind of an open forum for us to jot down our ideas, go through their assessment and program based off the assessment. So, you know, I might say something, there might be a rebuttal or, you know, just a comment. We discuss it and it's kind of like every time we're going through a program is like educational because we're going back and forth on these ideas. What's the future hold? What was last week like? We're talking numbers. So it's a cool experience that all of us can take our experiences and put them together, Yeah. you know, to say like, hey, you have three coaches putting this program for you. like go out there and send it, but it's also like we're putting, you know, you at the best spot that you could be at. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you know, when you're um, when you're basically putting th your three brains together, yeah. I I'm just thinking about how sometimes you forget stuff, right? Yeah. You, sometimes you get, it's easy. You just forget things. It's just not coming up in the forefront of your mind. One of these guys will be like, oh, remember, da-da-da. And then Ooh. you're just one, – one brain is maybe firing better at that time than the other two. And – that guy is thinking and reminding and refreshing. So the the information is getting deeper and deeper into your and and how long have you actually been in existence for as Mach One Barbell? So we've been together um, since October. So October is going to be one year. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. All right. Yeah. So this is really like I'm just seeing nothing but good things here because you know uh, you're going to continue to just elevate as this process continues you you already have like a working formula you guys are experimenting with things and trying new things out so as as you proceed down the line years are going to go by and free and it's going to get astounding probably that's the plan yeah. Yeah. yeah are you guys just like really excited and jacked and oh absolutely well, i mean Every day we're always talking about where we can go, like take this to the next level, how we can build a better system for us so that way we can reach more athletes, we can help more people, and we can make more of a presence. And honestly, like going back to the competition team, is it's an in individual sport. We actually had this question on our last podcast was, how do we make a team format from an individual sport? And um, when there's one person on the platform, if – Everyone in the Mach 1 shirt is on the side cheering you on. You know you have that many people behind you supporting you. Yeah. And that fires you up just to go out and send it. And um, the more people we have supporting you and on that team, it just becomes more of a culture, more of a family, and it just it becomes a motivating factor. And that just helps with accountability. We have yeah. people hanging out outside of practice we, because they are friends now and they want to do this, that, the other thing. But they're making sure that, all right, let's – go home let's cut it short we have practice in the morning and they're coming up fresh and yeah. everything like that so it just adds to that training demeanor and that mindset because of the culture yeah that's nice yeah. what was the podcast you guys were on you could give that a shout out you know let, let people go check that one out too so yeah. that's uh me and my cousins with angelo gingerelli he's uh mr fifth round on instagram and he actually I was introduced to him through a conference, the NJ State Clinic through NSCA, which is the National Strength and Conditioning Association. 
And from there, I've talked to him. I was looking to get some more exposure to help me as a coach. Um, and he's the head strength coach at Seton Hall University. So I went there, did some internship hours with him. And ever since then, we've been in close network with each other, helping each other out. And he's been helping me promote our brands. And I've been reaching out to him just to kind of build my knowledge and it's just been a good partnership since yeah a nice little collaboration there i think that's key too i mean when when um separate entities are combining their forces in certain places it's just bound to create something you don't even know it's a journey and and next thing you know you're just finding out so much more about yourself and you're able to put it out there so um you mentioned some of your your credentials um RJ, uh, what's your, um, uh, like, I know you went for, for physical therapy or something. Yeah, were, so yeah. we all have our bachelor's degree, exercise right. science, right? So we all have that background with that. And then on top of that, we're all USA Weightlifting, level two certified. And then we all share a certified strength and conditioning coach cert through National Strength Conditioning Association, NSCA. Nice. You know, so that's what we talk about. Like, first, we started as sports performance coaches. So we do want to train the athlete in that sense. But we do have this specific niche, you know, where we do want to train the Olympic athlete. But we don't just want to train them as a barbell. We want to train them as a human, make sure they're optimizing kind of everything, not just the barbell movements. Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody was interested, they don't have to be uh, like hell bent on on competition. They could just be like, hey, I want to do this with with these guys um, because I just want to feel better, look better. Um, Do you guys do you guys help with diet and stuff like that? Yes. Uh, both uh, Pat and I are precision nutrition certified. Okay. So um, you know we'll work within our scope of practice, of course. Um, but you know we all three of us have years of experience, like working with clients, and like a lot of that, especially when it comes to diet, with most people, is the mental aspect of things. Um, it's not so much like you know you know that a Twinkie isn't healthy. Right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> but it's a matter of like. You know, do you eat Twinkies seven times a day or is it like once a year or, you know, what's your um, emotional attachment to food? And it's more about like kind of talking to people through that and making sure that they have a healthier relationship with their diet. You know, we're not really working with too many bodybuilders. So, you know, that's like a real science of like, okay, you need to eat this many calories to look this way and look this dried out and like. You know, that's a really specific thing, and that I don't think any of us really specialize in that. Um, you know, we have our knowledge of it, but it's not our specialty. But our specialty is, you know, making sure that you're eating well enough to fuel your body for optimal performance, and that performance can be competitive performance or it can be just healthy living. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, well, you know, you, you mentioned, um, like, emotional attachment. I, and, I, and that's always a, a big thing. I mean, a lot of people don't even realize it. I, I, you know, just doing what I do and being aware of diet and everything, I know when I eat, like, bad, it's usually when I'm dealing with stress, which is, like, probably 99% of the Especially people out there. Yeah. But then everything starts to become so stressful because you know why you're eating it, so it stresses you out that you're doing it. And then it just it's a crazy downward spiral. Even I mean, on a positive note, though, I mean, like, you'll eat, you don't just eat bad or unhealthy stuff because you feel bad. Sometimes you eat junk food because you like it and it makes it. you feel good. That's and it's, a good point. I, I, a birthday party or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Pat uses a great example. Like, you're not, you don't really want to be the person that busts out the food scale on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy your family and, like, you know, being able to detach, like, the stressors of what you're eating and balance that with your lifestyle i think that's a really really important aspect of everything yeah so i mean so would you say that when you're uh, coaching your athletes and diet comes into play would you just basically tell them chill out relax do what you got to do but this is a framework that you should be eating in and if you want to get better this is where you need to be is that how you kind of approach it or is it so generally speaking um it goes back to it depends on the athlete and the individual so um with most people, if they come to us for nutrition advice, the first thing we want to do is address their habits that they're doing on the daily or the weekly basis. And if they're running on 
coffee, energy drinks, Wawa breakfast sandwiches, and like two hours of sleep. Then we're like, before we start getting into the nitty gritty and finding out how many calories you need, why don't we just try eating three actual meals a day and see how that works. And then from there, if they can manage that and we don't have to put the stress of you need to eat this, 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 and this, let them just kind of have the flow of what they want as long as they're just creating those better habits. You'll tend to see some positive reinforcement that way. And eventually they'll be ready to take that next step and then we'll address it with them and then go from there. But from a performance standpoint, like with our intro group that we do, part of our weekly emails, we just do a little nutrition tip. And it can be something small like hydration. How much should you drink on average for most people? If you're active, maybe more. If you're less active, like these are the minimums they recommend. Um, stuff like different, like say uh, you need creatine, right? As a supplement, what foods naturally provide creatine? Because that's one of the hot supplements right now. And um, if you're looking at protein, how much protein should you be having? Why should you be having protein? What is a protein? You know, stuff like that. So it's, we coach more on an educational and a habit development basis than what a registered dietitian would do. They're more the science and the real professionals of the nutrition field. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and plus you're just, uh, you're giving people something that they can, uh, follow on their own accord if they want to develop some type of diet using your tips and advice, that's going to be their own thing that they're doing. Sometimes it's hard, like right when you have somebody telling you what to eat all the time. Exactly. And that goes back to the added stress. So like you were saying is you tend to eat the bad stuff when you're stressed. Why stress yourself out more because you have to follow a specific thing to eat, right? So um, as long as we're providing them with the information to make generally better choices in regards to what they need, then they can have a little flexibility with it. Um, there's no really good or bad foods, like Jason was saying. You don't want to bust out the scale on Thanksgiving and be that person who's limiting yourself and making like, I can only have this much mashed potatoes, otherwise like I'm going to be over my macros <laughs> for the day. Like I need to, you know, we don't want that to happen because yeah. that's extra stress that we don't want to deal with. And we don't want them to deal with either, right? So um, by adding proper just habit development and being a little bit flexible and just creating knowledge, if they come up with a meal plan and they track their stuff, usually we'll review and reflect on it and weigh the pros and the cons of it and kind of steer them in the direction, but let them pedal to the metal and what they want to do. Nice, yeah. So in your, um, your training, Olympic lifts, what else comes into play as far as rounding out the athlete, as far as training is concerned, it, um, outside of Olympic lifts? I, I know we already touched upon steel mace, but if, you know, that aside, like, is there endurance training, anything like that, uh, bo you know, maybe like high volume reps? Yeah, so Jason kind of touched on the strength reserve. So I like to use kind of like water buckets, right? We don't want to fill one bucket up. So strength is obviously a huge portion. You want to build your weight. You want to increase how much weight you're, you know, moving around. But there's also, you know, your stability bucket, you know, making sure you're strong in those positions. And then through our assessment, we do mobility checks, right? So, you know, you need certain range of motion to accomplish these lifts and to accomplish these positions. So, you know, the combination of range of motion, which would be mobility, stability and strength, and then also that skill acquisition where we talked about body awareness, like moving around that bar is huge, you know. Through a, like a brief warm up, you can kind of see who would be able to like pick up a barbell and kind of get right into it. And then, you know, once they get to the bar, like you could have someone who's, you know, just moving a little bit slower through the cues, but then some people who could just pick it right up and they're like, you know, popping right into their positions. Yeah. Is that something that you guys notice? Like when, when you're um, doing a warm up, do you, would you see somebody that's maybe struggling with something and you'll, you'll kind of make a last minute judgment call and say, hey, you know what, we need to work on your hips a little bit. So definitely. I mean, yeah. especially with a new athlete, that's like maybe it's their literal first time with us. And we, before we've taken them through our extensive assessment, you know, we're assessing them just watching them through the warm up, and we're always assessing our athletes you know um as they're warming up you can kind of tell like if it's going to be like rj said like if it's going to be a good day a great day or we need to address some things um and that's when we'll talk to them and be like hey like i noticed like your left ankle's a little shaky like what's going on you know but 
in terms of new people, uh, it's kind of funny that you mentioned the warm up. Oftentimes, when people come to our uh, group sessions, and you know, you think of weightlifting is you're going to lift, um, especially with heavy weightlifting, that is going to be long rest times and you know, kind of a, a session like that. But our warm up is relatively high intensity. Um, and I kind of say that in a sense of like we're we want to prime the nervous system and we want to prime movement patterns that we're gonna need to take advantage of in the weightlifting session. But our warm up is broken down into like general movement prep and which includes like that mobility and that CNS prep. Um, it's broken down into uh, our next phase, which is like plyo prep, like getting that central nervous system stimulated and activation of like our core muscle groups. Um, and that can take 15 to 20 minutes. So by the end of that warm up, if it's a, an athlete's first or second session, they're dripping sweat. Yeah. And then they're like, oh wait, now we have to lift. <laughs> so um, that's usually a good tell of like, what level is our, this athlete at? Yeah. Right, where their conditioning is at. Uh, yeah. yeah, cause I mean, obviously you want your warm up to warm up so that they can perform at the max. But if the warm up is kicking their ass uh, and they're, they're not able to meet their goals, right? So you, you need to bring their fitness up. We got something we got to work on, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We don't want that to be a limiting factor, especially because that's arguably relatively easy to address. You know, that's just a matter of, okay, you just got to start exercising two, three times a week and you'll be good in a month. Yeah, like, at least right. a good enough, you know? Yeah, so the, 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 the training that you're putting them through is once a week and then they need to, they need to fulfill something else in the meantime, uh, whether it's going for jogs or hill sprints, uh, something like that, right? So everyone gets a personalized program when they join with Mach 1. So on Sunday, we get them together in person. We coach with them. It's all hands-on. And throughout the week, we give them a program anywhere between two to four days on average of what they need to address based on their assessment, based on our assessment of them moving, um, the general goals that they need to address, and then their personal goals as well. So someone who's looking for, like they need a little bit more of an aerobic base, we'll put in maybe uh, a little circuit or we'll put in like a conditioning block or we might even add like jog or do sprints or hill sprints on this day just to receive that adaptation that we need from them. But um, throughout the week, like we'll get them to participate on their own stuff and if they need to add anything we always give them good recommendations and we kind of let them have fun with it so if they're going to be going on a bike ride or they're going for a run or they're going to go walk the boardwalk or whatever the case is we are like perfect just get active get after it and go from there but kind of circling track it yeah track it and that's a big thing is if we can see it, we can help. You know, if we can't see it, we don't know what to do. So, so keep a log, do videos and stuff. Let you guys mm-hmm. in on every angle and move that the, that they're doing. I mean, generally, yes. Like the more we have, the better. But mm-hmm. for some people, like if it's just a general thing, like me and Jason, we we're rucking every Wednesday for a, a good amount of time, oh, really? and like we just put that in. Like we have a four and a half mile loop around my house it's half pavement half dirt trail and we just mix it up to create like an aerobic base for us and that's something you just put in like ruck miles and then the weight of the pack like we don't need videos of the trail and stuff like that but if it's something like a skill development where we're putting them through maybe shrug pulls or we're doing some snatch balances or anything like that we want videos there to make sure that they have the most carryover to the actual lifts yeah, wow. And maybe your uh, your warm up alone is something that can be get you know put out there for any type of athlete, right? Absolutely. Okay. And honestly, with all the first time people, like we always encourage people to bring their friends and create that culture because like minded people like to hang out with like minded people. So right. if you want to bring a friend and refer people, we always encourage that, and we always offer a complimentary session just to kind of get your feet wet, see what it's all about, see if it's for you, because if it's not for you, then we can always send you to someone who might be a better fit or anything like that. But regardless, when they show up and they see the warm up for the first time, most of the time they would say that's the hardest part of our whole training session is the warm up. And then it kind of gets a little bit more easygoing and fun and more of like that training stimulus as we go, rather than just kind of going 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 like we do in the first 15 minutes right it becomes more like 
practice. Exactly. You're, you're just practicing right. your movement. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which is a little bit more chill. Like you don't want to be in such a uh, jacked up environment at that time because you're lo- you're looking on developing uh, precise skill, mastery, and right. excellence. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's that's really good. So I mean, if you, if you have twelve uh, athletes right now, how much time are you guys spending weekly um, going over each assessment? I mean, that you must be spending a lo- long time going over it, right? Yeah, I mean, take it. We we try we try not to spend too much time. Um, I mean, each assessment we do get together, and it's not like we're spending like a whole day to program because we need to optimize our time. Yeah, you know. But being that we do have three heads mm-hmm. to the program, things can you know it can expedite the process a little bit easier. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, for you, us, you could divide up into groups and stuff and. Things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what's cool is the COVID situation actually allowed us to kind of build this database that we have. So we actually use a training app called Trainerize. We built our exercise platform. So we have all of our you know videos and descriptions done. And that allows us to use this tracking system for them to message us, send us videos, and allows us to have these, you know, an easier process to program for the athletes. Oh, it, it's, it's- all being everything is being done all the communication done through this app absolutely oh, okay so we have a library of you know like uh, rj said we took advantage of everything being virtual um when everything first started with covid um we have a library of now like over 700 exercises that wow. we all personally filmed and coached through um so not only are they getting videos on like okay what's uh, a squat a bodyweight squat, what's a lunge, what's a push-up, how does Mach 1 want me doing it? We have a Mach 1 coach in the video queuing it up, and it's all within between 10 and 20 seconds. So quick, bite-sized, you have your whole program laid out in front of you, and you have videos with instruction of how to do each one. Everything's laid out with, like, we want this many reps, we want this many sets, um, we want this much weight, um, we want this kind of stimulus at the end of the session. Um, it gauges, like, how hard was it on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, like, what do you rate it? If an athlete's giving a workout uh, an eight, or when we're expecting a six, we'd be like, oh, that was really hard. Like, what was hard about it? We'll talk to them about it. Um, if an athlete gives it a four when we're expecting a six or a seven, why was it easy? Did they uh, misunderstand something, or did we just not program enough intensity for them? So, in, in that regard, we are definitely giving a lot of attention to the athletes in a communication standpoint. You know, we're always in constant communication with them because we're primarily a virtual training company as of right now. So, you know, we're only meeting them once a week. We don't want that once a week to be the only time they speak to their coach. Like, they're sending us videos throughout the day and we'll even, as an accountability tool, we'll like penalize them, quote unquote, um, for not sending a video. Like if you're not showing us that you're putting in the effort, they have to do the warm up again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean it's not a crazy penalty, but I mean like it's just we want you to do this and take it seriously, um, and because we put so much effort into it, yeah. You know, as yeah. a as a respect both ways. You know, right. we're trying to give you what you want and need. Do it. Yeah, meet, a, meet us halfway here. Yeah, yeah, simple. I think people like that. They do. They, I mean, there, there is definitely something about setting a standard discipline. That's what people are looking for, especially if you're doing Olympic lifts and stuff like that. You're looking for that style of, of coaching. I mean, you want to be held to a certain standard. And, of course, that back feeds right back to you guys. You know that you're held at a certain standard. Absolutely. Your, your athletes are getting better. They're, pretty soon they're going to be telling you what to do, right? That's the plan. That's the, that's the plan, right. But, I mean, the, the, the mutual respect that you develop there becomes such, like, um, I don't know, I guess you could say it's, like, uh, it's almost like the concrete is hardening now and it's becoming a structure. Yes. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. Th- this whole thing with COVID has really surprised a lot of people. I mean, the fitness industry was going heavily toward online, I guess, just because of the younger generations being more into using phones and stuff. But did you guys kind of flinch for a second when you were like, hey, man, we got to, like, do something here? Like, is this even going to work? Or like, So luckily enough, we kind of made the transition 
weeks before everything started to get shut down. So we had the ball in mo like rolling in motion right before we were forced to do it. So you somebody gave you a sneaky tip that this was coming. Pretty much. We had uh, a <laughs> Jason actually was exposed to trainerize through where he worked outside of uh, Mach 1 Barbell and he brought it up, he presented it. He's like, "Hey, we have program cards that we created on like just like a Excel sheet and it was working because we'd have people track their numbers and stuff, but we had to wait till the end of the month to collect all that data. And he's like, this is real time. When they're done, it's posted immediately. They can send the videos. We can put in their calendars when the, we want them to do certain things and create order to it. And it lets us know if they skip workouts, if they do workouts. And it gives us an all-inclusive coaching experience for the six days that we don't see them. And we tried a little demo month and we put one of our athletes on there. We said, try it, give us feedback, let us know what you think. And we put ourselves on there just to kind of play around. And we saw something special with it. So we ran with it and it was just lined up perfectly because we had that demo going as gyms were shutting down. So we already had wow. the foundation on like ready to go wow that's that's awesome man mm -hmm. good that's that's some good news for you guys but yeah it's it's definitely uh surprising how you could you could definitely coach people uh over a video platform of some sort i mean i i'm even experiencing it when i do zoom calls with steel mace and and you know some of it's a lot of flow stuff and it's like how do you how do you teach that on a video yeah. you know uh one of the one of the best things and maybe this is something that you guys uh can say if it's happening or not but um i've had couples uh you know two couples as uh clients and i would see one's doing something better than the other so i would say hey show show him show him what you're doing and they're like oh okay and then they show them and they get it you know because have do you guys have any uh types of clients like that where it's two people or is it I don't have too much like experience with like a, a two-on-one virtual yeah. session like that. Um, you know, I think like our platform being like it's virtual, but in a sense, it's not purely virtual. It's hybrid because you know we are meeting with them once a week, right. and like it's that that personal attention, um, especially in a skill developing sport like Olympic lifting, is definitely advantageous, and you want that. It's not impossible to do it 100% virtually, but it definitely, it's a little bit of an obstacle. Trainerize definitely helps eliminate that because, you know, we break down all like the segmental movements uh, and aspects of the Olympic lifts and we could program those segments so we can just see how they're practicing that. Right. Um, but yeah, most of most of my like in our virtual sessions are usually private. Right? Yeah. You guys. The yeah. only thing I can really touch on that is probably at practice, right? Having some of our athletes be yeah. coaches as well and be trainers, where we might we group them up in twos now. So maybe we have our eyes elsewhere, but they're kind of coaching each other up, you know. So to that point, y yeah, you know, they have that ability right. to kind of coach each other mm -hmm. during practice. Yeah. yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's huge, especially like. Um, they might just relate it to the person a little different than what you're saying, and Absolutely. all of a sudden it it, yeah. it snaps. I mean, that's um, you know, like if you think about the way teachers are, like in school and stuff, you know, they're teaching the subject and kids not getting it, and like well, I don't get this, and another kid comes out, well, if you just do this, it's you know, the teacher just sets up the softball hit, boom, and and you let, but mm -hmm. that's. But by teaching something, you're also learning it better. So when you when you you're cultivating yeah. that culture, which that's again a testament to what you guys are doing, yeah. where you, you know there there people are getting very comfortable and confident within themselves to say, oh, you could do it like this or you could do it like that. That's that's great. So you guys are doing awesome. I, you know, I, it's it's really fantastic. Um, w tell everybody how. You know, they could get in touch with you, or all your social media info, um, you know, the main the main one first. And then you guys give your Instagrams individually if you want to. So we have Mach 1 Barbell. It's M-A-C-H, the number one barbell on Instagram, also on Facebook. And Mach 1 Barbell at gmail.com is our email. As of a few days ago, we got our website up and running. So you can access everything there, get some testimonials, coaches' bios. Uh, some pictures of our athletes. You can see all the services we offer. 
um, everything on there. So that's www.mockonebarbell.com. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. One of our athletes actually put it all together for us. So uh, shout out to Joe for that one. Yeah, Joe. But, um, yeah, it came out great. It's really easy to navigate, and you can contact us right through the website as well. Yeah, that sounds like a great place for people to go right there because then they can read your bios and everything like that. Exactly. Great. Yeah, uh, anything else, like your Instagrams or? So mine's Patrick Mantori, 614, M-A-N-T-U-R-I, 614 on Instagram, Patrick Mantori on Facebook, um, and you can find us through the Mach 1 page as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine's RJ Bonnert. RJ, hopefully you guys can get that. Bonner, B-O-H-N-E-R-T. You'd be surprised, though. I had someone, I was ordering coffee the other day. RJ? I was like, how do you spell that? Like, R-J. But yeah, check us out, and then we'll leave you with Jason. Yeah, um, I'm Instagram, Jason Schwartz, uh, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z, underscore, plain and simple. All right, awesome. Great, guys. I appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Um, you know, once again, you know, just that you even have – that keen insight as to how the steel mace fits into what you do uh, just goes to show how versatile the steel mace is and where it could actually go and for athletes uh, you know all around the world whatever is they're doing I've, I mean I've had uh, tennis coaches on you know things like that and you could clearly see that it, it plays uh, uh, it could play an important role you know if you're willing on using it so that's uh, great for you guys to come on and share that with the Steel Mace Nation audience. Um, I, mean, I know everybody listening and watching would appreciate hearing from it. So, yeah, guys, check out Mach 1 Barbell. Um, if for you Steel Mace people out there that, you know, you keep doing what you're doing, but if you're looking to diversify and, and add a little something different into your fitness, uh, you know, these guys right here are offering, you know, Olympic lifts, which, you know, you don't have to be intimidated by it. Uh, it's a great way to build muscle, build strength. It's a great way to make your steel mace practice actually better. Um, it sounds like even their warm-up might be enough for you, so you should just go check that out. Um, it, it, you know, just check them out and see, see what you like. And, um, yeah, guys, thanks. Thank appreciate you. it. I appreciate you having us on, Fred. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, and come on back for any updates or anything. you got to come have. over and send it, too. Uh, yeah, I, will, I would love to, yeah. We'll do it. Let's set <laughs> yeah. it up, man. Got it. Well, looking forward to that one. Yeah, ASAP. I'm ready to go. Boom. Just bring some sunblock. We're outside every Sunday. In the sun? Oh, yeah. You're outside in the sun? Practice has been outside ever yeah. since this uh, COVID situation came yeah. about. Well, what do you do when it rains? We got tents. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all you need? Yeah. That's, that's it. it. I love it. I think, it's, I think this is going to change uh, the way things are fitness-wise all around. Um, people are learning that they can work out outdoors and stuff like that. It's probably very good for you you know so um yeah good stuff good stuff i definitely will take you up on that offer Perfect. guys okay. are right in the neighborhood here anyway so how can i say no all right thanks a lot everybody tune in uh to the next podcast and don't forget to support the steel mace nation sponsors if you read the show notes they are all listed there the websites any discount codes. Uh, by the way, Adex Mace, Adex Clubs, uh, there's going to be a new discount code coming out. And the way you could gain access to that discount code is by signing up for the Steel Mace Nation newsletter. It is a uh, discount code that will change periodically. So you'll always get updated with the newsletter. So uh, if you're ever looking to buy new mace, new clubs, or anything like that, that's a good way to save a few bucks. And then, uh, like I said, check out the show notes for everybody else. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Take care. Nice, guys. Nice. Boom. That was fun. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your second podcast now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Number two. We did yeah. one last Monday. So this is a week ago. <laughs> week, week back ago, to back yeah. Mondays. Yeah. 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 Maybe you do one next week now. Yeah. We'll yeah. find Keep the ball rolling Monday. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Monday Monday's podcasts. Monday, right? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you having us on. Yeah, yeah, this is really great. That. Thank you so much. Like I, like I was saying when we were ending, you know, uh, just having you guys come on and as a testament to the Steel Mace, you know, it's um, we need to hear that stuff. Mm, you know? yeah. yeah, and I think even what I picked up on kind of how that flow went is just hearing a coach's perspective, you know, like whether it's Steel Mace, Olympic lifting, anything, like I feel like we kind of just – 
provided some insight on like reach out, learn a skill and using mace, whether it's for Olympic lifting to help that or Olympic lifting to help mace, I think that yeah. was the takeaway. Yeah. yeah, it could go in any direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you guys, are, did you guys get all your info out that you wanted and everything? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so, yeah. yeah, so. The only thing I think was just NJ Spine and Wellness. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We, we have partnered a with a physical therapy That's group. right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of it, but. That's I was going to ask I'll, I'll you, because I, 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 I know you, you mentioned it in my head, it was always there. And I was I just, trying to get back there, but yeah. I kept getting sidetracked. Yeah. And I also wanted to ask you about uh, foot good. health, um, mm. like, you know, just like the maintaining the arch and everything. That's been a thing for me now. This is, I mean, I, it's huge with mace. Yeah. yeah. That's being where grounded, I started noticing yeah. it. Being grounded is, yeah. you know. Gets you know, another podcast. Yeah, right. There's always something. But yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's There's so much to talk about. But yeah, Ming uh, will, you know, they cut this up and make, well, they don't cut it up, but he makes it nice. Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, where is it going to be available? Because we can, uh, Joe, when he hooked up our website, he allowed us to be able to share directly, like, with podcasts that we're on. So we'd yeah. love to, like, promote the podcast on the website, too. Yeah, it's going to be on YouTube, and then it gets, uh, first it gets sent to SoundCloud, and then the RSS feed shoots it out to everywhere else. And they shoot Got it. it. Yeah. So, like, I've been telling people Spotify. It seems like Spotify is one of the mm -hmm. best Easiest. audio pl 